Oh boy, welcome back. It is the weekend. We Woo! love it. Welcome back to the Crazy Ant Farm. We got so much to talk about, but before for, before we do, we want to give a little <laughs> tiny review of Thor Love and Thunder. I gotta say, wasn't my favorite. Mm. I, you guys remember, we were super excited to see it last week, but uh, it was very mid. Thor mid and thunder, I must say. Yeah, uh, I'm just going to be honest with you. I thought that the first act and half of the uh, second, the first half of the second act were just god awful. I was literally, I can't even believe I'm saying this, but I was literally wanting to get up and leave. Mm. uh, Of a Marvel movie. Yeah. I felt like it was 1960s Batman. It Mm. was over the top campy. It was just, it was ridiculous. The only thing that kept me in my seat the first act and and first half of the second act is Christian Bale's gore. Yeah, uh, he was fantastic, and and thankfully he was a part of the first half of the movie. Because if not, it did redeem itself though. It pulled it off the second, the back half of the second act, and the full third act. Outstanding. That's the Marvel movies we were looking for. That's the Thor we're looking for. The one who put the axe in Thanos's head. Yeah, you know that that it, it okay. But boy, if you guys haven't seen it yet, good luck for the first, you know, hour of it because it's... Yeah, for sure, man. For sure. I mean, some people did like it. Our theater was cracking up for the first half, so maybe it's just us. Who knows? But, you know, I mean, we want to know your opinion. Be sure to comment below on the YouTube channel or message us on Twitter. All the good things. And we can't go without saying this. Guys, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. If we got to talk about Thor, we got to talk about the other mutants Mm. are now in the mcu if you guys missed it miss marvel she's a mutant and she is the first definitive now we know they exist they are a part of the mcu and miss marvel is one of them and how awesome is that we finally have mutants the x-men are coming y'all love it so excited (laughs) so excited but we just wanted to you know share our thoughts and opinions because we were really excited to see it last week (laughs) um but now guys let's get a little crazy what's up guys episode 202 is here and you guys know your host with the most myself jlo fantastic and the one and only mouse before we tease the show be sure to like and subscribe to the channel to the podcast be sure to leave a rating or comment and let us know what you think about the show your thoughts and opinions matter and leaving a comment and a rating helps the podcast get heard and seen so we really want to know what you think about the show and you know tell us who you want to come on the show because we also do celebrity guest interviews and man oh man we have an amazing guest coming on next week so be sure to stay tuned for that heck yeah but guys there's so much going down in hollywood man we have freaking the emmys to talk about we have hbo max to talk about we have marvel who's going to be a part of black panther 2 daniel kalua maybe we'll see but man oh man there's a lot going down in hollywood but before we get all that started be sure to head over to our website www.crazyantmedia.com where you can start rocking the latest and greatest crazy ant media gear we got shirts we got hats we have pillowcases we have freaking stuffed teddy bears we have basically anything and everything that you desire so be sure to head over to our website like i said crazyantmedia.com where you can start just getting a little crazy guys we appreciate all the love and support and you can see our film too 
deadlines. We have our own nice little page for it. You can rent it for a very low price, and uh, it will be worth it. Be worth to start that conversation. Heck yeah. But man, we have to start off with the Emmys because that's what everybody is talking about this week in Hollywood. The Emmy nominations are a strong showing amongst 10 most nominated series kept HBO and HBO Max. Probably a top of the yeah. Emmy leaderboard with a combined 40 or 140 nominations outpacing Netflix, which came in this year at 105. Yeah, down. Heavily. Yeah, it's crazy, right? Well, HBO. HBO alone accounted for 114 nominations, thanks to a haul of 25 Emmys, uh, Darling Succession. Yes. Now 20 for White Lotus, which is a breakout thing, star. Uh, and uh, 25 nominations for Succession, 20 for White Lotus, and 16 for Euphoria, 14 for Barry at HBO Max, and bagged about 17 for Hacks as well. Last year, HBO and HBO Max and Netflix made it a duel when they nominated Tales Up at, I mean, versus each other with 130 to 125 nominations. That's insane. Yeah, I mean, but this time it wasn't even close. Mm -hmm. Like, one rated them last year, not this year. HBO and HBO Max just whooped their ass this yeah. year. This year, Netflix did make history, though, with Emmy's first ever series nod to a non-English length production for the drama thriller, of course, Squid Game, mm. which placed the streamer's hall with 14 chits followed by Ozark and Stranger Things with 13 apiece so I mean they so Netflix is like hey we didn't get the most nominations but we are making history so yeah, you know hey. exactly and on the heels of the string of the well-received series Hulu had a big year yes. as well with about 58 bids fueled by freshman to hit only murders in the building with 17 nominations dope sick brought in 14 nominations and pa Pam and Tommy as well brought in 10 so that's really exciting for Hulu Heck yeah, man. Uh, I mean, we just, we're going to talk. We're going to get into it, guys. Don't worry about it. Trust Apple us. TV Plus had another strong year with 52 mentions. That service landed a comedy series nod for Ted Lasso, which got 20, the reigning champ in that category, and a slot in the competitive drama series for the buzzy science fiction Severance, which got mm. 14 nominations. That's crazy. And rounding out the top 15 amongst all platforms were Disney Plus, 34 nominations, Amazon Prime with about 30, CBS 29, NBC 28, ABC had 23, FX 23, Showtime 17, Paramount Plus 11, VH1 10, Bravo 8, YouTube 8, and AMC had 7. Yeah, heck yeah. And I know what you're thinking, guys. Disney Plus 34, did that include Marvel? Hold on. Just stay in your seats. We're going to let you know. <laughs> Streaming, get this one though. This one's really exciting. Streaming platform Roku. Yes, I said Roku officially picked up its first Emmy Award nominations. The company's free ad-supported Roku channel was recognized with two Emmy nods for their romantic comedy movie Zoe's Extraordinary Christmas, mm. for television movie and choreography for scripted programming, while Bill Burr landed a nomination for short-form comedy or drama series for comedy anthology series Immoral Compass. Mm. So congratulations to Roku. They, I mean, you know, this is their first year of eligibility and... Boom, they got some nominations, so well exactly. done. Exactly, for real, man, for real. Well, Zendaya also made history here, and I mean, again, by the way, made history again for yeah. Euphoria. At 25, Zendaya is now the youngest woman ever nominated for producing at the Emmys, in addition to being the youngest two-time lead acting nominee ever 
Now, she nabbed about four nominations in total with today's haul, which is absolutely insane. She's at killing it, to be oh, honest. I mean, she's like, the, I think she is like the epitome of showing you how to get it done. Yeah. Right? I mean, she, she's just amazing. Quinta Brunson has made uh, Emmy history also with Abbott Elementary, landing three nominations for Outstanding Comedy Series, Lead Actress in a Comedy, and Writing for a Comedy Series. Uh, she got that for the pilot. Now, she's the first black woman to earn three noms in the comedy categories in the same year. And at 32, Brunson is also the youngest black woman ever nominated in the comedy acting category. So well done to her. Yeah. Yeah, seriously, man. And also, Succession received about 14 Eminem uh, nominations <laughs> in the acting categories. Uh, that breaks the records for the most Emmy acting nominations for a drama series in a single year, with the previous record being held with 12 for the one and only West Wing. Yes. It also breaks the record for most acting nominations for any series in a single year, the miniseries Roots previously holding that record with 13. All right, so now, what did I say? We had you covered. Well, here it comes. While the Oscars have yet to show much love for the MCU, Marvel Studios did have a respectable showing at this week's Emmy nominations with Loki, Moon Knight, Hawkeye, and What If all picking up multiple nods. Hawkeye picked up two nominations. Loki scored six nominations. Moon Knight picked up eight nominations. And on the animated side, Marvel Studios' first ever animated series, What If, as you guys know, got three nominations wow. in its debut season. So show in the MCU some love finally, Yeah, man. seriously. Well, if you want to hear all of the nominations, well, here they are. We've got <laughs> you covered, trust me. In a drama series, we have Better Call Saul, AMC, Euphoria, HBO and HBO Max, Ozark, Netflix, Severance, Apple TV+, Squid Game, Netflix, Stranger Things, Netflix, Succession, HBO, and Yellow Jackets, Showtime. Mm, I'm, I'm such a huge fan of Succession, but I've got to pull for Yellow Jackets, I, man. I, I, don't, I think it's going to be Stranger Things, uh, really? to be honest. I think yeah. it's still going to be Succession, but I want Yellow Jackets, yeah, damn it. Yeah, for sure. All right, comedy series. We've got Abbott Elementary from ABC, Barry from HBO, Curb Your Enthusiasm from HBO, Hacks from HBO, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel from Amazon Prime, of course, Only Murders Building for Hulu, Ted Lasso from Apple TV Plus, and What We Do in the Shadows from FX. Mm, so good, man. So good. And I feel like this one's a landslide. But oh, yeah. anyway, limited series, we have Dope Sick, Hulu, The Dropout, Hulu, Inventing Anna in Netflix, Pam and Tommy, Hulu, and The White Lotus. Yes. So, well, obviously, we, we're going for Dope Sick. Dope Sick, of course. Lead actor in the drama series, we've got Jason Bateman from Ozark, Brian Cox Succession, Lee Jung Jae from Squid Game, Bob Odenkirk from Better Call Saul, Adam Scott from Severance, and Jeremy Strong from Succession. Mm, all good choices, mm -hmm. man. Uh, lead actress in a drama series, we got Jodie Coomer from Killing Eve, Laura Linney from Ozark, Melody Lewinsky from Yellow Jackets, yes. Sandra Oh from Killing Eve, Reese Witherspoon, The Morning Show, and of course, the one and only Zendaya from Euphoria. Pulling hard for Melanie Linsky on this one. About time she got recognized for her for incredible sure. work. Uh, lead actor in a comedy series, Donald Glover from Atlanta, Bill Hader from Barry, Nicholas Holt from The Great, Steve Martin, Only Murders in the Building, Martin Short, Only Murders in the Building, Jason Sudeikis, 
Ted Lasso. Mm, I mean, Jason has won it the, like the past two years, I feel like. So I mean, we'll see what happens, man. We'll see what happens. Well, lead actress in a comedy series, we have Rachel Bronson, Marvelous Miss Mabel, uh, Quintina Brusen from About an Elementary, uh, Kaylee Cuoco from The Flight Attendant, Elle Fanning from The Great, Issa Rae from Insecure, and Gene Smart from Hacks. So if Only Murders gets nominated for so many things and the men both get nominated, where the fuck is Selena Gomez? Yeah, Just yeah. Just saying. And guest actor got nominated on that show too. Like, yeah. how do you how do you not that makes have Selena? No Gomez? sense. Yeah, yeah. Just saying. <laughs> Lead actor in a limited series or movie. We all know who's getting this one. I'm Batman. <laughs> Colin Firth, The Staircase. Andrew Garfield, Under the Banner of Heaven. Oscar Isaac, Scenes from a Marriage. My man, Michael Keaton for Dope Sick. Himesh Patel for Station Eleven. And Sebastian Stan for Pam and Tommy. Ooh, that is good. a tough category, but I really do think it's Keaton's year. For sure, for sure. Well, lead actress in a limited series or movie, we got Tony Collette from The Staircase. Julia Garner from Inventing Anna. Lily James for Pam and Tommy. Sarah Paulson from Impeachment, American Crime Story. Margaret Qualey from Made and Amanda Seyfried from The Dropout. Yes. All right, so for Variety Talk series, we've got The Daily Show with Trevor Noah. We've got Jimmy Kimmel Live. We've got Last Week Tonight with John Oliver, Late Night with Seth Meyers, and The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. Mm, it's always the same with that category. It is. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's only so many you can pick from. Exactly. I mean. Well, competition program, we have Amazing Race, CBS, Lizzo's Watch Out for the Big Girls on Amazon Prime, Nailed it on Netflix, RuPaul's Drag Race on VH1, Top Chef on Bravo, and The Voice on NBC. Mm, same kind of in those categories, yeah, too. Yeah, for real. For television movie, we've got Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers from Disney+, Plus, Ray Donovan the Movie from Showtime, Reno 911 The Hunt for Quran, uh, Paramount+, Plus, The Survivor, uh, HBO, HBO Max, and Zoe's Extraordinary Christmas from the Roku channel. Yes, pulling for The Survivor from HBO. Remember, oh. that's the one with the boxer that was a uh in Nazi Germany. Yeah, that, yeah, that so good. Walked in on so good. I'm pulling for Zoe. So. <laughs> uh, makes sense. Makes sense. Well, supporting actress in a drama series, we got Patricia Arquette from Severance, Julia Garner, Ozark, uh, Zhang Ho Yeon from Squid Game, Christina Ricey from Yellow Jackets, Bry Seahorn from Better Call Saul, Jay Smith Cameron from Succession, Sarah Snook from Succession, and Sydney Sweeney from Euphoria. Ooh. I could see it. Be being her because that was basically season two was basically about her character so oh, we'll see for sure for sure so actor in a drama series we've got nicholas braun from succession billy crudup from the morning show kieran culkin from succession park hey sue from squid game matthew mcfaden from succession john taturo from severance and christopher walken from severance mm. basically every guy on succession got nominated basically just saying, just saying and man. oh young sue from squid game we can't leave him out no cannot do it man cannot do it especially the cultural impact that yes. that show had supporting actress in a comedy series we got alex borstein from marvelous mrs Maisel, hannah Inder Inbinder from Hacks, yep. uh, Janelle James from Abba Elementary, Kate McKinnon from Saturday Night Live, Sarah Niles from Ted Lasso, Cheryl Lee Ralph from Abba Elementary, June Temple from Ted Lasso, and Hannah Waldingham from Ted Lasso as well. There you go. Supporting actor in a comedy series, Anthony Kerrigan from Barry, Brett Goldstein from Ted Lasso, Tohib Jamil from Ted Lasso, Nick Mohammed from 
Ted Lasso, Tony Shalhoub from The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Tyler James Williams from Abbott Elementary, Henry Winkler from Barry, and Bowen Yang from Saturday Night Live. Ah, so good. Well, supporting actress in a limited series or movie, we have Connie Britton from The White Lotus, Jennifer Coolidge from The White Lotus, Alexandra Dadro from <laughs> The White Lotus, Damn. Caitlin Deaver from Dope Sick, Natasha Rothwell from The White Lotus, Sydney Sweeney from from the White Lotus and Marie uh, Winningham from Dope Sick, Caitlin Deaver, in my opinion. Oh, for sure, for sure. But I gotta say, out of we got Mayor Winningham, who played, of course, Caitlin's mother in Dope Sick. Where's Rosario Dawson? Just saying. how do you not do you give not? Rosario Dawson a nod in yeah. that? How can you have everybody else and not Rosario? She was a pivotal part in that show as well. Facts. <sighs> Just saying. Just saying. They can't get everything right, but they fucked that one up for sure. For sure. Supporting actor in a limited series or movie. We've got Murray Bartlett from The White Lotus, Jake Lacey from The White Lotus, Will Poulter from Dope Sick, Seth Rogen from Pam and Tommy, Peter Sarsgaard from Dope Sick, Michael Stuhlberg from Dope Sick, and Steve Zahn from The White Lotus. Again, that's like damn near the entire cast of Dope Sick, yeah. except for Rosario Dawson. Exactly. I just, I don't even get it. Exactly. I'd pull for a Seth Rogen, but Peter Sarsgaard was so good. Oh, my God. Gosh, so um, good, yeah. Guest actress in a drama series, we have Hope Davis, Succession, Marcia Gray Harden from The Morning Show, Martha Kelly from Euphoria, Sana Lethen from Succession, Harriet Walter from Succession, and Lee Yumi from Squid Game. Yes, and then we're jumping over to guest actor in a drama series. We've got our boy Adrian Brody from Succession, James Cromwell from Succession, Coleman Domingo, uh, Domingo, yeah, uh, Domingo. Let's go with Domingo. There I think we go. That- <laughs> Euphoria. We've got Arian Moyed from Succession, Tom Pelfrey from Ozark, and Alexander Skarsgård from Succession. And man, his role in that was like so fucking good. I, I'm pulling for him, but it's that's a tough category. Yeah, for sure, man, for sure. Well, guest actress in a comedy series, we have Jane Addams from Hacks, Harriet Sansom Harris from Hacks, Jane Lynch, Only Murders in the Building, Lori Metcalf from Hacks, Caitlin Olson from Hacks, Harriet Walter from Ted Lasso. Ooh, that's something too. Mm-hmm. Guest actor in a comedy series, we've got Gerard Carmichael from Saturday Night Live, Bill Hader from Curb Your Enthusiasm, James Lance from Ted Lasso, Nathan Lane from Only Murders in the Building, Christopher McDonald from Hacks, and Sam Richardson from Ted Lasso. So good, man. Well, variety sketch series, we have a black lady sketch show from HBO Max and HBO, and of course, Saturday Night Live. <laughs> Limited category this year, yes, for sure, it exactly. seems like. But we have Variety Special Live, and for that one, we've got quite a bit. The 64th Annual Grammy Awards from CBS. We've got Live in Front of a Studio Audience, The Facts of Life in Different Strokes on ABC. The Oscars whoopsh, oh, uh, on ABC. Pepsi Super Bowl halftime show starring Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Mary J. Blige, Eminem, Kendrick Lamar, and 50 Cent on NBC. And the Tony Awards presents Broadway's Back on CBS. I mean, I have to think it's going to the Oscars for everything that happened. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. Either that or the Super Bowl halftime show. For sure. So for sure. Uh, well, Variety Special pre-recorded. We have Adele One Night Only on CBS, mm-hmm. Dave Chappelle's The Closer, Netflix, Harry Potter's 20th Anniversary, Return to Hogwarts on HBO and HBO Max, Norm MacDonald, Nothing Special on Netflix, and One Last Time, An Evening with Tony Bennett and Lady Gaga on CBS. Mm. I'm going for Adele with that one. You're real? Okay. Yeah. All right. I, I, that's the one that she had a concert in front of the um 
the fucking observatory in California yeah. with all the celebrities and shit. It was it was really cool. Okay, that's kind of cool. I'm pulling for a posthumous win for Norm Macdonald. Mm. Nothing special. It was yeah. nice to see him back and then tragically, you know, passed mm. away. But yeah. that'd be good. Uh, hosted nonfiction series or special. My guest needs no introduction with David Letterman. Love that fucking show. If you guys haven't checked that one out, definitely check it out. For sure. Um, the problem with John Stewart, Apple TV Plus, Stanley Tucci, searching for Italy uh, on CNN. We've got Vice on Showtime and The World According to Jeff Goldblum for Disney Plus. Love that. Well, host for a reality or competition program, we have Bob Berk, Carmel Brown, Tan Ferentz, and Tony Prowski, John Van Nees for Queer Eye. We've got Amy Poehler and Nick Offerman from Making It. Uh, we have Nicole Byer from Nailed It. Barbara Corcon and Mark Cuban, Laura Greener, uh, Robert and Damon. I should Kevin <laughs> from Shark Tank. Come on now, hell yeah. Uh, Padma Moeski from Top Chef and RuPaul from RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah, now come on, y'all know who I'm pulling for on that one. I'm going for my boys from Shark Tank. Come oh, on I now. thought you were doing RuPaul. No. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Literally have never seen the show, never will see the show, but I'm addicted to Shark Tank. Love drag. Uh, let's see. This year's Emmys will be awarded across two weekends with the two-night creative arts portion set for September 3rd and 4th. The primetime ceremony will be broadcast live Monday, September 12th on NBC and stream live on the Peacock. So there you go, guys. If you want to see for like directing, production design, all that kind of stuff, go to the web, the Emmy, Emmys website and they've got all that listed there and you can find out all of that information love that love that well heading over to disney getting into the studios now espn plus intends to erase its monthly Uh. subscription fee by three dollars a month a 43 price hike that outstrips even the current rate of inflation and it is doing so at the time of the big media companies finding prospects of monetization uh, new streaming efforts uh, to be significantly more challenging Starting August 23rd of 2022, the price of ESPN Plus subscription will raise to $9.99 per month compared to the current rate of the $6.99 per month, and costs of the annual subscription will raise to $99.99 per month compared to the current rate of $69.99. Subscribers to ESPN Plus are expected to be notified officially next week. The price of what is known as the Disney Bundle, a broader subscription that encompasses ESPN Plus, Disney Plus, and Hulu, will not change at present, nor will current price tag for UFC pay-per-view events or ESPN shows. So I would have been pissed if my bundle would have went up. Just saying. Yeah, I think that's it's smart, though. By not increasing the bundle, it's encouraging people to get the bundle, which is, I mean, that's a smart move. All right, it's MCU time, guys. Daniel Kaluuya won't reprise his Black Panther role in Disney and Marvel's anticipated sequel, Black Panther Wakanda Forever. The Oscar winner exited the project due to conflicts with scheduling on Jordan Peele's horror, Nope. Now, in the original 2018 Black Panther uh, film directed by, of course, Ryan Coogler, Kaluuya uh, played Wakabi, the confidant and best friend of the late Chadwick Boseman's Wakanda heir T'Challa, mm. who spearheaded security for the border tribe. Now, will somebody replace, step up? Will they recast? I, we, we don't know. They're keeping it under wraps like they always do, but I guess we'll find out. This one could have been summarized in one sentence. Is Daniel Kaluuya coming back to Black Panther 2? Nope. No. 
<laughs> nope. Uh, nice. I know. Nice. Well, guys, everybody was wondering because it was a big thing on Twitter this past week. What Star Wars Solo, the guy who played young Solo, <laughs> what's happening? He's coming to Marvel? Yeah. Yes, he is. Elden Enrich is the latest addition to the upcoming Marvel series Ironheart at Disney Plus. Now, he joins previously announced cast members Dominique Thorne, Anthony Ramos, Lyric Ross, and Manny Montana. The show follows a Marvel character Riri Williams played by Thorne a genius inventor and the creator of the most advanced suit of armor since the one and only Iron Man details on the character uh, the dude will be playing are being well kept under wraps so we will see how integral his role will be in this thing that's it but that's not the only casting news for MCU shows Raphael Casal from Blind Spotting is set for a major role in the upcoming second season of Disney Plus's Loki mm. details about Cas character are being kept under wraps of course online speculation though includes a hypothesis that he could be playing Zaniac which would be badass now word of Casal's casting started trickling out when a photo from the set of season 2 leaked online it featured Casal walking alongside Tom Hiddleston and Owen Wilson who are back reprising their roles as anti-hero Loki and Mobius respectively it's hard to deny that you're in it when you're caught on set with the I mean you know exactly man there's nothing you can do about that (laughs) one well Disney and K-pop supergroup BTS are getting into business together. The Walt Disney Company and BTS studio Home Hide revealed a new global content partnership Tuesday that will see the companies work together to produce five streaming titles, including Mm. three exclusive projects featuring BTS or BTS members. uh, Aligning itself with the world's most popular cake pop group is undoubtedly a cope for Disney at the moment as it seeks to both ramp up global subscriber counts and catch up with Netflix as the destination for bankable Korean entertainment. This okay. only makes sense and it's kind of surprising too because if you remember like a month or two ago BTS said they were kind of taking a break from each other basically so we'll see yeah. how this plays out. For sure. I mean it is. It, I, it's a smart move though. Every time they're on freaking Good Morning America they're like it's a huge so I mean it made sense. Uh, Dean Fleischer Camp, the filmmaker behind A24's charming little indie comedy Marcel the Shell with Shoes On, is apparently set to step in for John M. Chu as the director of Disney's live-action Lilo and Stitch remake. You guys remember we told you Chu was attached to the project in 2020, but his deal was never finalized. Now, the movie is still in early stages and has yet to officially set a screenwriter or hire any actors to portray Lilo and company. However, Chris Kekionvoski? Ooh, that's a tough one. I'm sorry for butchering that one. (laughs) Bright is in final negotiations to write the adaptation. It's unclear if the movie will debut in theaters or go straight to Disney+, Plus. but we all know where Chappick likes to send them. Exactly, man. Just saying. This next one is very interesting. Why not get fucking McDreamy to do this shit? I mean, he loves Formula One, but whatever. (laughs) It's fine. It's fine. Keanu Reeves is working on a documentary about Formula One for Disney+. Plus. Uh, the as-yet-untitled four-part documentary series will focus on Formula One managing director Ross Braun, who in 2009 bought the Honda team, renamed it to Braun GP, and took it to un- uh, two unprecedented championship victories. Now, Reeves will host the doc and has already been conducting interviews. Hmm. Among those believed to be on board 
our former Ferrari chairman, Luca Di Matarazzo, uh, whom Reeves was pictured with last month, and the drivers Jensen Button and Rubens Barleccio, Braun himself also is set to take part of this thing. It is believed to the show will be airing on the streamer in the fall of 2023, so Ooh. be sure to stay tuned for that. Yeah, now this one's got everybody excited. I know everybody's pumped and waiting for it, especially with what's going on in the country right now. The first teaser for Season 5 of The Handmaid's Tale dropped this week, featuring a chilling cover of Christina Aguilera's Fighter. The season premiere uh, is on September 14th on Hulu, with new episodes each Wednesday. Now, in Season 5, Elizabeth Moss is June faces consequences for killing Commander Waterford as she simultaneously attempts to redefine her identity and purpose. Serena, now widowed, is trying to raise her profile in Canada while Gilead's influence makes its way to Canada. Commander Lawrence teams up with Nick and Aunt Lydia while he attempts to reform Gilead and gain power. June, Luke, and Moira fight Gilead in from a distance as they continue trying to save Hannah. That is a lot going on in season five. It sounds intense. Uh, but Alexis Bledel is gone. So. Yeah, you know, you know. It, I think it kind of fell off there for it, a little it bit. Did. So. It we'll, did. We'll see how it goes. Uh, <laughs> I'm very, very excited about this next one because season two has been amazing so far, and I'm talking about only murders in the building. It has been renewed for season three at Hulu. The news comes just under two weeks after the launch of season yep. two of the critically acclaimed comedy series. The second season debut with two episodes on June 28th. The new episodes are dropping weekly on Tuesday days on hulu i know i marked my calendar will you <laughs> and this one i know you've marked your calendar for too three months after the finale of the successful first season the kardashians are returning to hulu the reality series second season is set to premiere september 22nd the date was announced via a teaser for the reality series which notably reveals that kim kardashian's boyfriend pete davidson will be featured in the upcoming season kim and davidson highly profile public relationship was alluded to several times during the show's first season particularly during an episode centered around kim's hosting spot on saturday night live which of course featured davidson as a cast member before he exited earlier this year. Davidson is seen at the very end of the teaser in a scene where Kim asks him to shower with her to which he completely runs as fast as he can to the bathroom. Uh, elsewhere, Kim discusses how happy her new relationship is making her. The teaser reveals other notable events in the family's lives that will serve as storylines in the upcoming episodes including Kylie Jenner's second pregnancy with Travis Scott and Kourtney Kardashian's wedding with Travis Barker. As always, the show will also explore the modeling and businesses careers of family members, including Kendall Jenner, Kris Jenner, and Khloe Kardashian. Love it. Absolutely hype about it. It'll be interesting to see. Maybe it's like probably because I'm sure they they film while the other season is airing um, about the um, Barker hospitalization yeah, situation. Yeah. So we'll see if that uh, that'll play into it. But FX is moving forward with the second season of The Bear. Yes. Guys, if you haven't checked out this show, do yourself a favor and do that because it is so good. It can be so serious and so funny. And I feel like just so down to earth. You feel like you're a part of the conversation in this show. It's just, I feel like it's so real. The renewal comes almost one month after the premiere of the series, which debut all eight episodes of the first season on July 23rd. The Bear is available to stream on Hulu right now. And if you want to know a little bit what it's about, it's a Chicago uh, set half hour scripted series that 
follows Carmen Carmi uh, Berzado, a young chef played by Jeremy Allen White. Wait, why does that sound familiar? Shameless. Yes. Uh, who also returns home to his family sandwich shop after an untimely death of his brother, John Bernthal. Uh, the series follows Carmi's efforts to bond with his uh Thorny kitchen crew, including his prickly cousin, and reform both the restaurant and himself. I think it's just a great fucking show, man. It's, I mean, Johnny B. Yeah. It's got John Bernthal in it. I mean, you got to watch it. But it is a fucking brilliant show. I'm so glad it got picked up. Yes. Uh, Diamond Hall Gleason channels Hannibal Lecter in the first trailer for The Patient, the upcoming FX limited series co-starring Steve Carell. Now, The Patient focuses on the relationship between Alexander Strauss, played by Steve Carell, a well-regarded psychotherapist, and his new patient, Sam Fortner, played by Gleason. Now, when Sam takes Strauss hostage, he reveals himself to be a serial killer and asks the doctor to cure him of his murderous tendencies. As Strauss reluctantly begins treatment, the experience unearths demons and traumas of his own, blurring the line between the patient and the therapist. Now, the trailer begins with a normal therapy session between the two before fast-forwarding to the hostage situation with Strauss trapped via chain in Sam's house. This show, The Patient, premieres August 30th and will run for 10 episodes on Hulu. This sounds intense. It really does. And it got me thinking, like, what if, like, you went to a therapist session, right? And you think you're crazy, but then it turns out the therapist is crazy I mean... and, like, makes you go fucking on a killing rampage. But anyway, FX has also released the first official trailer for season two of American Horror Stories. And it, it's Dennis O'Hare makes an appearance as a creepy doll while uh, Max. Max Greenfield and Bella Thorne show up in the twisted anthology that promises a new nightmare every single week. American Horror Stories is a spinoff of the Ryan Murphy and Brian or Brad Falk's anthology series, American Horror Story. Uh, the plan is to feature a different horror story each episode, mm. like, like the original. So there yeah, it is. Yeah, there it is. All right, jump into Fox. I'm excited about this one. Andrew McCarthy has been up to a series regular on Fox's The Resident for season six. He will reprise the role of Dr. Ian Sullivan, a nationally renowned pediatric surgeon and new hire at Chastain. His groundbreaking surgeries rescue the most vulnerable patients and make him key to the hospital's financial stability. But as Ian's demons emerge, both his daughter, Dr. Cade Sullivan, who we also met last season, uh, played by Kaylee, uh, and our doctors face a dilemma. Where do you draw the line with a doctor whose own life is spiraling dangerously out of control, even as he keeps saving lives? In case you missed it, Dr. Ian Sullivan made his debut in the medical drama last season following Cade's nearly fatal shooting when she desperately needed a donor match for her rare blood type. He survives, but Ian ends up becoming a medical emergency himself after suffering from abdominal pains that turned out to be pancreatic cancer. Mm. Because in all these hospital dramas, you have to have people die. It's like <laughs> Of course. I mean, you can't not, man. No. I mean, now, everybody's been feeling more comfortable. You know, mass mandates, most places have lifted. Everybody's going out and about more, going to movies, going to social events. Well, COVID isn't gone, guys, and we mm -mm. still have to take it seriously. You still have to take some proper precautions. Los Angeles County's daily tally of new COVID cases has topped 8,000 for the first time since January. And uh, like many local industries, Hollywood is not immune to this thing. 
Warner Brothers has recorded what may be the biggest showbiz outbreak of the pandemic, with 31 employees listed as infected on the official L.A. County Public Health Department website. Mm. Now, the studio uh, has seen smaller outbreaks, mostly between the ranges of three and five cases. In mid-May, it's below average. I mean, you know, it's kind of crazy, though, because 128 had cluster of five cases while stages 27 and 29 saw five cases as well so i don't know man it's gonna be interesting yeah dave how you handling that one buddy (laughs) baz lerman's elvis topped 100 million dollars at the domestic box office yesterday becoming one of the rare films without superheroes or dinosaurs to actually do that globally uh the warner brothers film has made over 170 million dollars impressive result for the kind of material now that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be profitable for warner brothers though elvis was pretty damn expensive to make it cost 85 million dollars to produce and tens of millions more to market. So, I don't know. It, yeah, it's... they were just talking about how fucking they made it to a Marvel level. Well, you spent more money, if not more. So, yeah. just saying. Uh, well, anyway, Salem's Lot will be haunting audiences a little later than planned. Oh. Warner Brothers has moved the Stephen King adaptation to April 21st of 2023. Uh. The New Line project was previously slated to open September 9th of this year. Veteran horror scribe Gary Botterman, known for writing the It films, is directing the cast that includes Lewis Pullman, Mackenzie Lee, Alfred Warford, uh, John Benjamin Hickey, uh, Bill Camp, Jordan Preston, Carter and uh, Plu Asbeck. Hmm. King published uh, Salem's Lot in 1975. The book centers on an author who returns to his hometown only to discover the townspeople are slowly being turned to vampires. Yeah. The original movie's pretty fucking freaky. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm waiting to see this it one. It only makes sense. Oh, yeah. Now, Max Bornstein has extended his overall deal with HBO for a further three years. Bornstein most recently co-created the HBO series Winning Time, The Rise of the Lakers Dynasty. He is also the showrunner and an executive producer on that show. It was renewed, of course, as we told you, for a second season back in April. Now, in addition to his work on Winning Time, Bornstein is known for creating the series version of Minority Report at Fox, as well as co-creating the AMC anthology series The Terror. So the guy's got a good record. He's He's pretty successful, and I mean, that's awesome. Yeah, for sure, man, for sure. Well, Christina Elmore from Insecure, if you don't know where, uh, is set to lead opposite of Melissa Benoist and Natasha Benham uh, in The Girls on the Bus, HBO Max's political drama series from Mm -hmm. Warner Brothers TV. Uh, Elmore will play Kimberly Kendrick, an Ivy League-educated Reagan Republican and campaign reporter for the Liberty News. Mm, I'm excited for that one. I, I, am I really am pumped for that one. Hey, Own announced this week that Ava DuVernay will direct the series finale. Yes, series finale, not season, guys. Sorry. Uh, of Queen Sugar. DuVernay created the drama series as an ex- and executive produces, returns to the director's chair of the show for the first time since season one when she helmed the first two episodes. Now, <coughs> excuse me, since the first season, DuVernay has written for the series a handful of times, with her last credit being as one of the four writers on the Pendulum episode of season six, which aired last fall. Production for the final episode has already begun in New Orleans. Mm, very exciting. We love 
old Hollywood South. Hopefully they're making a nice little resurgence. Oh, yeah. Um, Nassim Pedritz, Chad, was pulled from TBS's programming hours before season two of the comedy series. <laughs> was set to air, though, on July 11th. So that's very interesting. Yeah, just hours before? What yeah. CBS is now looking for the right home, they say, for this series. As the comes the day the premiere was scheduled and the trailer has already been released, it is clear that at least a significant portion, if not the entire season, had already been shot and produced as well. The pulling of Chad signals the continued demise of scripted content at TBS and TNT, as well as a result of the Warner Brothers Discovery merger, leaving already popular series like Snowpiercer hanging in the balance. Warner Brothers Discovery is overturning strategy for its so-called TNNet, uh, including uh, True TV and CEO Dave Zaslav's efforts to cut three billion dollars in cost and the network as also taking hits on outside of the scripted tv area as well mm. so i mean we i feel like every week we're talking about something that this man is cutting so yeah. we'll and, see what's left yeah like what what are you doing sir i just i don't know uh jumping over to paramount missy peregrine will be back chasing bad guys on fbi this fall the exact date is still be de- to be determined but her return is expected to air before fbi's fall finale now as you guys know peregrine's second child with husband tom oakley uh mela josephine oakley oh that's a beautiful name she arrived Arrived on June 6th. She will still be on maternity leave until September, but will return to work as Special Agent Maggie Bell that month. Mm. The show explained Peregrim's absence by having her character injured in an episode. FBI begins its season five on Tuesday, September 20th at 8 p.m., guys. That's very exciting. And something else that is very exciting, yes. especially in the CBS Paramount Plus world, Criminal Minds, the revival is moving forward. The streamer has giving out a has been giving out a series order to uh, the continuation of the long-running CBS procedural um, that has renewed for a 10-episode order. The project was first reported as being in development in early 2021. Joe Mantigana, AJ Cook, Kristen Vanganes, Asha Tyler, Adam Rodriguez, and Paget Brewster are all yes. returning for the revival with additional cast members to be announced at a later date. In the new series, the FBI elite team of criminal profilers come up against their greatest threat yet, the unsnub, unsub, who has used the pandemic to build a Mm. network of other serial killers. Now, as the world opens back up, the network goes operational, and our team must hunt them down one murder at a time. Oh. Mm. Oh. Sounds deep, man. So is there going to be 10 of them, and that's what the 10 episode each episode they find a new serial killer? I could uh, see that. Maybe. <laughs> Emily's not, Matthew Goober's not, like, he says, but they said more cast could be coming. So, yeah, I mean, exactly. In the article, it said that he moved on from that character. He did his time. Like, whatever. That's the same thing Rajiv John Page said about the Bridgerton character, like, Come on, guys. Yeah, Your fan yeah. favorites. Yeah, and I bet if the, the truck backs up enough. Exactly. It, it, That's it, the thing. Come on. We all know. We all know. Bridgerton leading man Jonathan Bailey is signed on for a lead role in Showtime Limited series Fellow 
travelers. Bailey joins previously announced cast members Matt Bomer and Allison Williams in the show, which is based on the novel of the same name by Thomas Mallon. It was ordered to series at Showtime in April after it was reported it was in the works in September of 2021. Now, in the show, the handsome and charismatic Hawkins Fuller, played by Matt Bomer, avoids emotional entanglements until he meets... Tim Laughlin, played by Bailey, a young man brimming with idealism and religious faith. They begin a romance just as Joseph McCarthy and Roy Cohn declare war on submersives and sexual deviants. Now, initiating one of the darkest periods, as we know, in 20th century American history. Over the course of four decades, Hawk and Tim cross paths through the Vietnam War protests of the 1960s, the drug-fueled disco hedonism of the 70s, mm. and the AIDS crisis of the 80s, while facing obstacles in the world and in themselves. Laughlin is further described as a young Fordham University graduate, earnest about his political and religious convictions, and filled with optimism about the post-World War II future. Mm. Okay. Right? That sounds intense. Yeah, it does. Uh, Well, Beavis and Butthead are back on TV. (laughs) A revival of the 1990s classic MTV animated series is set to premiere on Paramount Plus on August 4th. The streamer announced this week. In addition, the streamer revealed the first trailer for the series. The news of the revival comes shortly after the release of the Beavis and Butthead's Do the Universe, a Paramount Plus sequel film that saw the two two travel (laughs) in time from 1990, which is from the original series, uh, to 2022, 1998 to 2022. So we'll see how that goes. Heck yeah, that was a fucking fantastic movie if you like beavis and butthead you gotta watch that movie it was so fucking funny okay jumping over to nbc universal and adrita Merjerky has struck an overall deal with universal television Mukherjee, who will write develop and produce shows and projects across all platforms for the usg studio has already signed up her first job as part of the pact she will join nbc's reboot of quantum leap as a co-executive producer now, Mukherjee is a film and television writer originally from Kolkata, India. Mm. She got her start as a writer on the CBS television series Scorpion before becoming an executive story editor of Supergirl. She recently worked as a supervising producer on Universal Television's The Endgame for NBC and a producer on Amazon's Reacher. So she's got some experience. She's kicking some ass. Just a little bit, man. Just a little bit. Well, NBC Universal has big plans to take over Gaslamp Plaza in San Diego this month with its first ever NBCU corner at San Diego Comic-Con with content from NBC, Peacock, Sci-Fi, and the U.S. networks. Uh, The show will be highlighted at Fan Hub, including Quantum Leap, La Brea, Chucky, Resident Alien, uh, Reginald the Vampire, Vampire Academy, The End is Nigh, and The Result. Or resort, I should say. It will be located at Gaslamp Plaza, like I said, adjacent to the Ten Fish Restaurant. Comic-Con is scheduled for July 21st through the 24th. Yeah, that's coming up real quick. I'm super freaking pumped about it. Hot off his Emmy nomination for his role in Under the Banner of Heaven, Andrew Garfield is in talks to portray billionaire business mogul Richard Branson in a limited series called Hot Air. The series will be directed by David Leach, who of course is the director behind Deadpool 2, with Universal International in discussions to produce. Now the story will follow Branson through the unbelievable rise of his company, Virgin Airways, and the campaign by British Airways to bring that shit down because they didn't like he was taking all their 
business. Exactly, man. Exactly. Well, Marlene Bartlett has signed a new multi-year deal to remain on NBC's Chicago Men. Yes. Now, who she is an original cast member, and she is about to go into her eighth season on this series. She plays nurse Maggie Lockwood. Last year, original cast member is S. Ipa Markison, Oliver Platt, and Nick Glufus, and Brian T. re-upped their deals of the Chicago Fire spinoff from Wolf Entertainment and Universal Television. Now, she wasn't a part of those negotiations since her contract wasn't set to expire until this year. So it only makes sense that they made sure to sign on the dotted line. Yeah, man, and that's hard to do these days to keep the original cast all together because, I mean, money is money, and it's tough these days. Facts. This one is an extreme surprise to me. I didn't expect this. I didn't think it was ever going to happen. I mean, I, I just, I, I'm shocked, but... I think it's kind of cool. Dr. Death has apparently been renewed for season two at Peacock. Yeah. I know what you're thinking. Like, they finished the story. This guy's in jail. What the fuck are they doing? Well, while the first season focused on the case of Dr. Christopher Dunch, the show will now take on an anthology format and follow a new case each season. Season two will tell the story of uh, Paolo Macherny, a charming surgeon renowned for his innovative operations that earn him the nickname Miracle Man. When investigative journalist Benita Alexander approaches him for a story, the line between personal and professional begins to blur, changing her life forever. As she learns how for Paolo to go to protect his secrets, a group of doctors halfway across the world make shocking discoveries of their own that call everything about the Miracle Man into question. Mm. So, yeah, another true story about a shady-ass doctor. I feel like it happens more often than not. Right? People don't even think about it, but I feel like it happens a lot. But who knows, man? Who knows? Well, single parents alums Leighton Mester and Taryn Killiam and Adam Brody are reuniting for The River Wild, a reimagining of Universal's 1994 adventure film of the same name, which is currently in production in Hungary. The new film from director uh, Ben Ketai from the startup follows brother who and sister who love but distrust each other <laughs> as they embark on a whitewater rafting trip with a small group, including siblings, childhood friends, uh, who turn out to be more dangerous than he appears. Oh, Now, Olgan Javarsky from the Punisher Warzone and Warm Bodies is producing the reboot, and Penn Kete and Mike Noijin from uh, Patient Zero. The film will debut on non-theatrical platforms worldwide in 2023 from Universal 1440 Entertainment, a production arm of Universal Filmed Entertainment Group. So that's very interesting. I'm loving this one because I can't wait to see Adam Brody play a bad guy. Right. I mean, everything he's ever been, he's just like this lovable guy, you know, and, and I, yeah, having him play a bad guy is going to be fun. Uh, let's jump over to Sony. Sony Pictures has apparently acquired No Hard Feelings and R rated comedy package with Jennifer Lawrence attached to star. Along with Lawrence, the film will be directed by Gene Sapnitsky, a writer and co-executive producer on NBC's The Office. Now, No Hard Feelings will be Sapnitsky's follow-up to the 2019 coming-of-age ensemble comedy Good Boys, his feature-length directorial debut. No Hard Feelings is set in Montauk, New York, a hamlet on the east end of Long Island. 
The package is billed as an R-rated comedy in the vein of 1983's Tom Cruise film Risky Business and the 2011 Cameron Diaz vehicle Bad Teacher. Sony Pictures reportedly fended off some serious competition from other streamers and major studios in its pursuit of the project, including interest from Snoopy's Good Boys distributor Universal Pictures. The studio secured no hard feelings with the intention of giving it the completed film an exclusive theatrical release. It's unknown what the official price tag on the project was i'm betting they paid a pretty penny oh for sure man for sure now this next one this cast keeps growing and growing it seems like every week we have something new to report it's to true. you adam scott is the latest to join the cast of sony superhero film madam webb the movie stars dakota johnson as madam webb the clairvoyant and psychic abilities allow her to see within the spider world itself. The movie will be an origin story for the character, who served as an ally to Spider-Man in the Marvel comics. The rest of the cast include uh, Sydney Sweeney, who just received double Emmy nominations for Euphoria and The White Lotus, like we just told you up at the top of the show, Emma Roberts, uh, Clisty O'Connor, Isabella Marst, uh, Tahir Rahim, and, of course, the one and only Indianapolis. 317 owned Mike Epps. <laughs> Had to get that in there. Oh, of course. Of course. Lizzie Barber's acclaimed psychological thriller novel Out of Her Depth has apparently been optioned by Sony Pictures Television for series development. Set in the heat of a Tuscan summer, the story follows headstrong Rachel who gets the opportunity of a lifetime with a summer job in the Tuscan Hills, receiving room and board in exchange for her services at the luxurious Villa Medici Hotel. Soon she finds herself drawn into an affluent cosmopolitan crowd of friends where allegiances can change instantly. When she she asks her new friend Diana to help her win the affections of the handsome and charming Sebastian. She thinks she might finally have a chance to become part of the world, but when she discovers that Diana may have intentions of her own, she begins to learn the real cost of friendship. And when Sebastian begins to focus on the sweet and innocent Valencia, Rachel's discovery there may be an even higher price to pay. Mm, oh, very shady shit in a hotel. Exactly. Well, Lionsgate and Sheratone Pictures will co-finance Sheratone's upcoming horror film, Creepers. Oh. Based on the novel by Rambo creator David Morrell, set to shoot this summer in Bulgaria, Creepers follows a group of young explorers who investigate an old abandoned hotel on only to encounter a strange supernatural being and competing group looking for a legendary hidden treasure. Whoa. The film is currently being cast and set to begin production on July 25th. The film will be helmed by Mark Klesfield, who makes his feature directorial debut, and Mark is best known for his work directing music videos, including visuals for Lady Gaga, the one and only Jay-Z, Prince, Beyonce, Eminem, Justin Timberlake, Shakira, Aerosmith, and the one and only Red Hilly Peppers. Damn, dude's so, got like a serious resume yeah, for very, music videos. Very eclectic, man. I'm very curious to see how his directorial debut Absolutely. will go. And they're, they're just now casting? This thing starts shooting on July 25th? They haven't cast it yet? Mm. Uh... <laughs> Uh, hello guys, you better get on that. Three-time Oscar nominee Woody Harrelson is apparently in talks to join Lion Gate's ensemble 1970s jukebox musical Sailing from the Rock of Ages creator Riss D'Arenzo. The project is billed as a bunch of musicians in the late 70s as they discover the smooth sounds and smoother lifestyle that is yacht rock, the soft rock music genre that took over FM radio during that era. 
That will be really interesting. Yeah, right? That, that sounds interesting. Well, Ellen Rappaport is set to shop at Lionsgate Television. The creator of HBO Max's well-reviewed comedy, Minx, has signed an overall deal with the studio behind the series. Under the pack, Rappaport will create new scripted projects for the studio while also continuing to serve as showrunner for her previously renewed critically acclaimed series, I should say, <laughs> makes. So that's really cool. We're seeing this more and more every week, too. These studios locking up their people that yeah, have had for hits sure. for them. Smart. Because before they were... Remember, I mean, I felt like for a year we were talking about everybody bouncing all over the yeah. place. So locking them up now. Locking them up. Speaking of bouncing all over the place, this one is Netflix revealed that it's teaming up with Microsoft to launch its new advertising-supported subscription plan. Netflix's depressed stock got a bump on the news, rising Two percent to about 180 bucks. The ad-supported service had a tortured start in a sideways announcement by co-CEOs Reed Hastings and Ted Sarandos on last quarter's earnings call. Now, the streaming king blindsided Wall Street by losing subscribers in quarter one and anticipates even bigger losses in the second quarter ending June, which has slashed more than two-thirds of the company's value. The about face by the service, which had always said and led the field and refused to even entertain the of an advertising, spooked investors. Now that it's on track to roll out with ads, the sentiment on Wall Street could change. Execs are expected to give some details on the new tier and the state of the streaming when the company reports its second quarter financials next Tuesday. So we'll definitely be paying attention. Um, yeah, I don't think Wall Street's going to give them any more love. I, no, I, just... <laughs> I don't think so. So either I think that would actually we've been talking about or I've been talking about Apple buying Netflix Microsoft would also be a great avenue for Netflix because right now their share price is $256.72 so they're riding pretty high right now with a 1.3 uptick today so I mean going into the weekend so we'll we'll see how that's going to be or yesterday going into the weekend but still I mean I still think Netflix needs to be bought out by one of these bigger conglomerates for sure um, Lee Daniels has been tapped or tapped Omar Epps uh, Demi Singleton Miss Lawrence and Anthony B. Jenkins to join the cast of his upcoming exorcism thriller The Deliverance uh, for Netflix. The group joins previously announced stars Andrea Day, Glenn Close, Monique um, Anquia Ellis, Caleb McGowan, and Smith in the film, which is also inspired by the terrifying true story. Now, Day plays Ebony, a mother who fights for her life, her faith, and the souls of her children after discovering their home is haunted by a demonic presence. Mm. Now, Netflix nabbed the rights of this Oscar-nominated director upcoming project in January for a reported $65 million following the heated bidding war between streamer and several Hollywood players, including MGM and Miramax. So, there Netflix goes. So, there you go. Spending I, more money. I'm betting this one would have gone away from them. This must have, this bidding war must have happened before Amazon bought MGM. Yeah. Because Amazon would have 
clearly outbid them. For sure. But hey, you know, that's it. That's how it goes. Uh, a new cast is signed on for the next season of Black Mirror, and it's a good one, guys. Netflix has lined up a star cast for season six, including Zazie Beetz, Papo S. Dewey, Josh Hartnett, Aaron Paul, Kate Mara, Danny Ramirez, Clara Regard, Auden Thompson, and Anjawa Vassan. The casting specifically spans three episodes, and it's understood more actors will join up for further episodes of the show. Now, the series is now now be in production and while specific details about the stories are being kept under wraps we do know that season six has more episodes than season season five which comprised of only three installments so we're getting more yeah for sure netflix is turning to fiona rosenblum's beloved coming of age novel you are so not invited to my bat mitzvah uh, um, into the feature film with helmed or help from Adam Sandler. Sandler's entire family, his teenage daughters, Sonny and Sadie, and wife Jackie will co-star in this film. Oh. Now, Inda Menzel, who played Sandler's spouse in Uncut Gems, will also appear in the film alongside Saturday Night Live newcomer Sarah Silver, or Sherman, not Sarah Sherman, a punch-drunk love actor Louise Guzman, Netflix has not clarified who anyone will be playing in the teen comedy, which is currently in production. The film follows Stacy Fredman, who is preparing for one of the most important events in her young life, her bat's mitzvah. Uh, but in the lead up to the big day, she's thrown through a loop after catching her bestie Lydia Katz locking lips with oh. her crush Andy Goldfurb. Now, the betrayal causes Stacy to declare a, the sentence that inspires the Wedley titled, You Are So Not Invited to My Bad Mitzvah. <laughs> so, it only makes sense. Yeah, no, so now we know why they're not invited, because they were locking lips. All right, Tom Allen, a.k.a. Chad Kroger, and J.T. Parr are taking their comedic activism to Netflix in the newly announced series, Chad and J.T. Go Deep. The series follows Kroger and Parr as they take their activism to the streets of Southern California to spread awareness on important issues. However, when one of their causes inadvertently leads to their cancellation, they use their activism to win back the good graces of trust of the culture. Chad and JT Go Deep will premiere Tuesday, August 23rd. Yes, now heading over to Amazon, the upcoming college-themed spinoff of the hit show The Boys finally has a name. Uh, Gen V. Now, Gen V is set in America's only exclusive for superheroes, run by Vault International, of course. According to the show's official logline, Gen V is a revented rated R series that explores the life of the hormonal competitive soups as they put their physical, sexual, and moral boundaries mm. to the test. Competing for the best contracts in the biggest cities, uh, it's part college. It's part college show, uh, part Hunger Games, uh, <laughs> with all heart, satire, and raunchy of the boys. So yeah. I think it's going to do well. I think so too. I I'm excited for that one. Two-time BAFTA winner Bill Nye is joining the Kaylee Cuoco and David Oyelowo Amazon's high concept thriller role play. Nye is stepping in for Billy Bob Thornton, who had to depart the project due to a scheduling conflict. The Thomas. Vincent-directed pick revolves around a married couple, played by Cuoco and Oyelo, whose life turns upside down when secrets come out about each other's pasts. Now, the role that Nye is taking over for uh, was under wraps, but is described as a mysterious stranger who encounters the couple. 
Mm, very interesting. Very freaking interesting. Well, Joe Gretsch from All Rise and Gustav Skarsgård from Oppenheimer are the latest additions to the cast of Ben Affleck's Nike film for Amazon Studios. Gretsch played former Converse CEO John O'Neill with Skarsgård as Adidas founder Horse Dazzler. Oh. Now they join star-stubbed ensemble led by Matt Damon and Affleck. The drama has Damon playing a maverick sneaker salesman and former Nike, Nike executive Sonny uh, Varcaro with Affleck as Nike's co-founder Phil Knight in a story about Nike's long-shot effort to sign Michael Jordan to its shoe company in the mid-'80s. Uh, it was an endorsement that seemed impossible at the time but would become one of the most significant relationships between athletic brand and athlete ever to be seen and launched the global multi-billion dollar conglomerate uh, con uh, sneaker industry, I should say. <laughs> Goodness gracious. There you go. I mean, yeah. I mean, the rest is this. I mean, jump man. Every, I mean, come on. It's the biggest thing ever. Uh, Tony nominee Sharon D. Clark, Thomas Flynn, and Malcolm Atterbra are the latest to join the cast of Amazon's romantic comedy Red, White, and Royal Blue. Written and directed by Matthew Lopez, based on Casey McQuinn's best-selling novel, the movie centers on Alex Claremont Diaz, played by Taylor Zachar Perez, the Mexican-American son of the U.S. president, played by Uma Thurman, and his royal counterpart, Prince Henry, played by Nicholas. Uh, according to the official logline, the plot kicks off when the two feuding political progencies and longtime rivals get into an altercation, and the tabloids get hold of a photo of the incident, prompting their handlers to devise a plan for damage control, staging a truce. Their fake friendship soon evolves, growing into something more meaningful than either Alex or Henry could have imagined. Soon, Alex finds himself hurtling into a secret romance with surprisingly unstuffy Henry that could complicate Mother's re-election campaign and upend two nations and begs the question, can love save the world after all? Mm. That's going to be intense. Right? Well, heading over to Apple, Greg Berlanti will replace Jason Bateman as the director of Product Ar Our Project Artemis, mm. while Channing Tatum is finalizing his deal to step into the role once belong to Chris Evans. The Apple original film's production has suffered a bit of a musical chair since the streaming giant swept in and landed uh, the package for a reported $100 million plus. Now, Scarlett Johansson, who also produces, has remained on board since the film's inception, but Bateman left the project due to creative differences, which altered the shooting schedule and meant that Evans couldn't complete work on Project Artemis and pain hustlers with his upcoming netflix feature with emily blunt plot details for project artemis are being kept very hush hush on the qt but bateman did reveal earlier this year that the film was set around the moon landing oh. so that's gonna be interesting it sucks that chris evans had to drop out though yeah like fuck you bateman what right. the <laughs> Apple TV Plus has renewed Loot, starring an executive produced by Maya Rudolph for a second season. The pickup comes at the midpoint of the comedy's 10-episode first season, and two weeks after Apple signed the big first-look deal with Animal Pictures, the production company headed by Rudolph and Natasha Leone. Now, Loot was created by Alan Yang and Matt Hubbard. Rudolph plays Molly Novak, a billionaire whose seemingly perfect life falls apart when her husband of 20 years betrays her and her public spiral becomes tabloid fodder. After learning she has a charitable foundation, Molly and its no-nonsense head, Sophia, uh, form a plan to give away much of her fortune. The show's cast also includes Joel Kim Booster, Nat Faxon, and Ron Funches. 
Interesting. Well, Apple TV Plus is getting behind the wheel of it. It's based on the real-life automaker Enzo Ferrari. Oh. The streamer has given a straight-to-series order to Ferrari from Peaky Blinders creator Stephen Knight and director Salfano Somola. Now, the series is inspired by the best-selling biography Ferrari Rex by uh, Luca Dal Monte. The series will focus on a five-year period in Ferrari's life. The logline reads, five years, five drivers, five deaths. Mm. One trial in the name of passion in the pursuit of pure speed. Uh, at the center of it all, a titanic man, a complex and multifaceted, who decided his, or dedicated his genius mission of building the fastest racing car in history. Enzo Ferrari, his name became a boost in aspiration and ultimately a legend. But there was trial of tragedy and tumor along the way uh, between 1956 and 1961 deeply wounded by a tragic death of his firstborn son dino and by what he considered a betrayal by his lead driver juan manuel fingo now enzo ferrari rebuilds his racing team from scratch selecting five promising rising stars of motor racing to fight for victory yeah that sounds intense I, it does i mean his life story is kind of intense and so but i mean as we all know it turned out pretty well <laughs> yeah for sure man for sure well guys that is the end of the industry news segment and man oh man now you have it all yes all of it at the palm of your hand but now it is time for the top five segment and this week it is top five songs that get you pumped up and ready to go yeah man oh man there's a whole bunch of different things that just it's it's different too because there's different types of pump up songs so there's songs that inspire you are there songs that just make you want to work out make you want to run make you you know want to get up and do stuff all the good things um so for me my number five goes to walk on water from 30 seconds to mars jared leto i will say he may be a little out there but he's a nominal actor and musician <laughs> with his brother so be sure to check out his music um but walk on water i feel like is very inspirational in the sense to where you know you get such a high feeling in the sense of being confident in yourself and what you're doing that you feel like you can walk on water and you feel like you can do anything and anything's possible so that's why it has to go on the list for me so number five walk on water yeah my number five all those same sentiments the song it deals with all the same stuff makes you think that you can and will succeed in anything that you kind of do believer by imagine dragons you have to be a believer you have to believe in yourself you have to be the one that because nobody will believe in you unless you believe in yourself and this whole song kind of deals with that really gets you fired up thinking yeah i can do this i am a believer i can believe in anything that's possible and uh it's hard yeah i just i freaking love this song number five for sure man for sure number four for me is just an all-around badass song it makes you feel good like if you need that confidence to walk into a room that you're the shit this is definitely <laughs> one of the songs to listen to and i'm talking about inner sandman metallica this is definitely one of the harder songs on my list uh i'm not much of a hard rock guy but when it comes to you know just basically 
and it's an awful expression because we want to try to get away from this, but manning up and just kind of convincing yourself that you're a badass fucking, you know, alpha male type shit. But I mean, that's what this song does. It makes you feel like you're on top of the world and can conquer anything. And that's, I mean, that's a recurring theme in both of our lists is you feel like you can conquer anything. But For sure. Number four for me, Inner Sandman. Uh, number four for me is Lose Yourself from Eminem. This is like a story of overcoming your fears and, and, and proving to yourself that you can do whatever you set out to do. And when you get your opportunity, you get your shot, you take it. You go for it. You can't be fear of not succeeding. You got to take it when it comes and you got to run with it and you got to overcome all your shit. And this song, you know. If it doesn't fire you up, if it doesn't make you get all kind of just like in it about trying to succeed and about doing something people tell you you can't do, then I don't know what's wrong because it should definitely do that for you. Lose Yourself, Eminem, Oscar winning Lose Yourself. That should tell you everything right there. Exactly, right? man. <laughs> my number Love four. It. Love it. Well, my number three, I don't know because the prompter guy <laughs> is new to this. Uh, number three for me is Congratulations by Post Malone. That is definitely one, you know, when you feel like you're on top of the world and everybody is just kind of like, wow, they're, they're seeing your accomplishments and your accolades. And it's kind of nice just to get that acknowledgement sometimes. Don't let it go to your head because we don't need it to be you know too much but it's really nice to get acknowledgement of the hard work you've been putting in whatever career path you've chosen and especially the creative field because everybody out there knows that it is definitely one of the most difficult fields to get into whether that be music film television writing any of that good stuff but once you do it and once you put your mind to it and once you put in that time and effort and you start to see things happen that's when you know you feel good about yourself you can sit back and say wow look what i'm doing and i think that's this song is a good rendition of that to sit back and like just acknowledge yourself what you're doing and be happy with what you're doing. So, Heck yeah. Number three for me, congratulations, Post Malone. Yeah, my number three comes from a Rocky movie, fires up, gets you. It's a great workout song. It's a great motivating song. It's a great inspirational song. I'm, of course, talking about Survivor's Eye of the Tiger. It's all about getting the eye of the tiger, reclaiming that that fierce independence, reclaiming that drive, that fire to succeed, and, and knowing that you can't be beat. And, and I think that's so important, right? Because a lot of times it's all about motivating yourself and staying motivated and consistency and getting it. And you have to have that fire. You have to have that drive. And so this is a great song to remind you that you need the motherfucking eye of the tiger to get your shit done. Uh, I mean, it's a great pump up song, man. You can't go wrong with it. My number three eye of the tiger. I love that. I love that. Number two for me goes to Bounce Back by Big Sean because failure is a part of life and you will fall down multiple times and you have to get back up. And that's what this song's all about because you will fail multiple times, especially in the creative field. But the only difference between people who make it and people who don't make it is people who don't give up. And that's I right. think that's a great rendition of this song. So that's why number two for me is Bounce Back by Big Sean. There you go. My number two is one that will fire you up. And it, it, it reminds you, too, that this is a crazy industry or this is just a crazy world. And it's scary sometimes. And you've got to, like, navigate it. You, maybe you need the eye of the tiger to get through the jungle. My number two is Welcome to the Jungle. The, the epitome of a song that tells you look out for everything, always watch your back. You got to know what's happening. You got to be prepared because life is a jungle. 
and it's not always friendly. And you got to be on top of your game to make sure that you survive. And uh, I mean, it's what a great way to fire yourself up and remind yourself Always be aware of what's happening. Always be aware of your surroundings. Make sure your soul is right. Otherwise, you're not getting out of the jungle, y'all. <laughs> so just keep that in mind. Exactly, man. Exactly. Well, for my number one, it is very indie. Maybe not a lot of people know of it. Uh, they just had a song that was in the new Suicide Squad movie, James Gunn's Suicide Squad, Rain. Um, but I'm talking about Grandson and his song, Apologize. And this song is basically about not having to apologize for who you are. And I mean, you know, you can always improve yourself, but you are the only one who can criticize yourself because everyone else can go fuck themselves. (laughs) And you don't have to apologize for who you are, who you are as a human being, who you are creatively. You just have to improve yourself for and no one else. So that's why number one for me is apologize. That's right. Well, my number one, I mean, it makes total sense. We will rock you. We are the champions. I mean, this is all all about if you go to any sporting arena in any state or in any country anywhere in the world you'll hear these songs it is the epitome of a champion song it's the epitome of fire you up get you going the world is your oyster you can beat anybody you can take down anybody you can succeed at anything we're gonna rock the shit out of you and then we're gonna be the champions uh uh I mean, this is the go-to song, right? If you're if you're trying to fire yourself up for whatever you're doing, it's a sporting event, it's a project, you're writing, you're directing, you're filming, you're 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 singing, you're doing whatever. This is the song to fire you up and say, "I am the champion. I am the best there ever was. I am gonna whoop everything that comes in front of me. And I'm gonna be on top." It's the go-to. It's we will rock you. We are the champions, Queen. Yes, that is it, man. We want to know your top five uh, pump-up songs or your number one pump-up song. We love the fan. Be sure to comment in the YouTube comment sections or be sure to add us on Twitter. We love it. We love it. Well, heading over to Box Office Recap, Thor Love and Thunder, though mid, it came in at number one with $144 million. It is still a Marvel movie, so of course people <laughs> went out and saw it. Uh, so yeah, like I said, number one. Number two was Minions Rise of Gru with 46.1. That's a pretty decent drop-off. Nothing too crazy, yeah. so kudos to them. Number three is Top Gun Maverick with 15.5. Fucking like eighth week in a row, like two months. It's about to be on streaming platforms. That's fucking crazy. And it's now Paramount all-time global film as well not just domestic it took that down this week too so it's just kicking ass it really is uh number four is elvis with 11.2 and number five is jurassic world dominion with 8.6 there you go uh new movies that are coming out this week are basically just where the crawdads sing and pause of fury the legend of hank they and apparently miss harris goes to paris yes. and uh nope is next week so you can be sure to check that one out oh yeah get so, excited for that all one. the good stuff but movies you can still go see right now are the black phone Lightyear, uh the mount mr malcolm's list uh dr strange in the multiverse of madness just streaming on disney plus um thor love and thunder all the good things man be sure to <laughs> check them out but i mean speaking of thor love and thunder it is the top trending movie this week it only makes sense a lot of people have been talking about it good or bad so yep. it's all the fun all the easter eggs all the post-credit scenes all the good stuff and if you're a ted lasso fan you need to stick around for the post-credit scene so check that out oh yeah uh the 
top trending TV show is by no surprise Stranger Things, and the top trending star is Joseph Quinn from Stranger Things. R.I.P. Eddie. Uh, now, everybody, <laughs> thank you so much for getting crazy with us on episode 202. Man, it's been absolutely wild. Be sure to follow us on social media. The podcast is at ItCap Podcast. The company is at Crazy Ant Media. And, of course, myself at JLo Fantastic. And Crazy Ant Guy 1970. Yes, and you guys know you can subscribe to this podcast anywhere you listen to your podcast. Apple, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, Podbean, Stitcher, and so much more. We go every week on YouTube now, so be sure to like and subscribe. Schedule your Saturdays or Sundays at 3 o'clock. Yes. That's why you have to follow us on social media so you know what day and time we will be going live and be sure to visit our website www.crazyandmedia.com where you can start rocking the latest and greatest crazy and media gear and watch our film deadlines yes. so you can finally see the chops that we have to offer but man oh man <laughs> it was a great show i mean i'm i always love award season and the emmys are just very very interesting because i love how they recognize both i love how they recognize both film and television because there's so many talented artists out there that do amazing things and this is a great way to acknowledge them yeah and you know i'm not at all surprised that so many of our incredible guests that we've had on our show are nominated for emmys um it's just it's it's a it's a kudos to their talent and uh and what they do and um we could not be more happy for them and best of luck to all of them um and uh yeah it's fun award seasons is always a, a fun time for us and uh we will be on that stage ourselves sometime soon we promise you we will be i'm i'm I, fuck it's all those songs that we just talked about we know we will be up on that stage exactly man exactly well with it being the close of the show you guys know we love the one the only oprah